Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, Pella, they're day one. They're, they're, they're day one homies for the Nick Bob Podcast. They've been with me from day one. And, you know, not only is Pella a great company, they got great people there. I went to school with my guy Vince, just a great dude. They're the kind of people you want to do business with. And if you've pushed off a project with some windows or some doors, something like that, now is the time to turn that project into a reality. Because we all know a new set of windows, a new door can do a lot of things for you. can change the look, the vibe, the feeling of your home. It can add value to your home. Plus, it can make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. Pella can provide window and door solutions to any home. And again, working with the people at Pella, second to none. So hit them up online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. Runza has an app, and you need to download that app because as a father of two little kids, anything that can increase speed and efficiency when it comes to eating, I'm all for it. And the app does that. I can order food on the app, pop into the restaurant. It's ready for me. It's hot. I'm in. I'm out. I'm now like a finalist for dad of the year or something like that. And it's in large part due to the Runza app and ordering is a breeze on the app. You can customize your order. You can get all your favorites just the way you want them. Plus, you can earn points for rewards in the app. You can score free food from Runza in the app. So go download the Runza app. You can get Runza, get rewards, then get more Runza all on the app. Runza makes it all better. All right, here we go. Better late than never. Bo Root is here. And you're probably going, Wait, where are you guys? Where are you guys right now? We've simply moved out of my podcast studio five feet. We're still in my basement. We're still in my house. Uh, in the land of beige. This is just, we, we do have our nice blue up lighting. You know, we're like glamour shots. We need a perm and like. It's the most boring it, background any human being could have. But we brought some blue in. I feel like, remember in Dumb and Dumber when Lloyd's trying on all his tuxes and like he comes out in the black that's how we feel. And, we know, feel a little bit like that. I right feel now. like Lloyd, and it's like, <laughs> and then you come out in like the orange, and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Eureka. That's what it feels like right now. But so some stuff with Fox Sports has kind of taken over my my podcast studio. So we're a little like, a, do are, are hermit crabs the one that change shells? Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, we're basically a hermit hermit podcast crab, and we're looking for a new shell. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're definitely disoriented. You know, it's like, we're like, we're in Wayne's basement, but this isn't Wayne's that's basement. Yeah. <laughs> we're Garth and we're yeah. just, that's, that's exactly what it was. We're not really in, yeah, this is like. How many analogies? Okay, so we're, we're either, we're Lloyd and Dumb and Dumber trying on the tuxes. We're Wayne in Wayne's basement. And we're, I mean. Hermit crabs. And we're hermit crabs. That's pretty much what this is. But yeah, we're, but yeah, we're kind of, we're, but it's cool because you are calling college basketball games from home which is like it's kind of unique now that's almost becoming this kind of was it kind of it it it's been slowly happening in the in the industry yeah covid it kind of accelerated everything and then so yeah i'm doing i'm i'm doing some more games for my basement and so we've had to hermit crab this situation yeah and then you had some stuff that going on where we couldn't record right away but it ended up kind of working out because obviously the bombshell with what's going on with Frost, Trev, everything yeah. drops here. Are we ready to dive right into this? I, I haven't talked 
to, to almost, I mean, I've talked to a few people, but I mean, I have not spoken to you about this and I've been dying. I know. Dying to call you, but I figured let's save it. So we're, <sighs> we're here. The big news has arrived. So I think the first thing I'll say is I don't think, I think it's, it's, it's illogical. It's naive. It's stupid to think that like a, a not ideal situation would present great options. When you, when, you know, like four straight yeah. losing seasons, it's not like everything's going to be, there's going to be a great op, a great bunch of options in front of you. Yeah. So I think of all the options that were on Trev's plate and at play with Nebraska football in its future, I don't think any of them were great, but I full fledged 100% agree with and think that keeping frost and now we'll talk about some of the staff changes was the best option of all the options in yeah. front of Trev. I'd imagine you agree with that initial sentiment. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I guess for me, and you've, you've been on this train for a long time at some point, because you may go, why, why do you think that they've lost four straight losing seasons? I guess for me, like at some point you got to stop the revolving door and try to establish some semblance of continuity. Like, cause it's been a revolving door since 2004 yeah. of head coaches, ADs, coordinators, ADs, coaches, coaches, AD. It's just been a revolving door. And, you know, some people go, you know, it's, it's insanity to keep Scott Frost and expect a different result. I could argue it's insanity to stay on this higher fire cycle and expect a different result. Yeah, for for me, the the thought of trying to start fresh with somebody completely different that feels more exhausting to me than like with Frost. At least I understand like what I'm getting right now, and I think okay, I, we see where there's a potential. We see where there's problems. I think we know what we've got in a lot of ways, um, but somebody new. I mean, in trying to resell yourself on this is going to be it, I feel like that just like it, it seems so hard to do that right. more than it is frost with with new pieces. Like it, that makes more sense to me than the other route. Well, and you know, because there's been some people, you know, this that you just you read Twitter and you you kind of read your mentions and emails. There's some people that would argue like, you know, where was this line of thinking with Mike Riley, and. To, to that, I say, first of all, it's not rewrite history like yeah. Riley. Like, just because Frost has struggled doesn't somehow make Mike, like, the Mike Riley era better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's not, let's not first of all, have revisionist history of how bad they were in 2017. They were getting consistently blasted, and that isn't happening with Frost. But more importantly, Nebraska didn't have the national coach of the year that is a former player lined up potentially locked in to come you know so like yeah, yeah. i don't think the situations necessarily are, are it's not the even same. close i mean like like they've, they've said this in the paper a few times like if this if frost wasn't frost like would like it he would be different but like that's the truth and that's it's okay right. that it's different like we wanted a nebraska guy when we did when we hired riley who had no ties and had no real credentials to be worth like People were pissed about that. They said, we're never doing that again. So Frost was the right hire at the right time. It hasn't worked out the way sure. that it, it needed to work out. But it's still like, I don't know. I just think like when you look at other options, you go, uh, 
it's just hard to fathom there's a better option than what they just did. Right. And, but like you see, we're talking about Riley and like, would things, should he have been treated differently? Like, well, I don't think so. I think I that was the right move because one, one Riley's struggles were so um, much on the defense and the, like the culture of like and the physicality. Fit. We yeah. weren't physical. We were right. getting beat badly and it wasn't, we weren't even competitive. That was what people were most pissed about. Right. Um, and with Frost, we're competitive. Yes. We just have a weird inability to win close games. And we can't, we did, we're not scoring enough points. Yeah. Well, I mean, the offense, and that's why there's massive changes in the offensive side of the ball yeah. that we'll get to in a second. But to, to stick on the Riley thing for a second, this was in Dirk's column after the game, which I thought was perfect. It was basically the sentiment of the column was like, the black shirts deserve better than this because, yeah. goddamn, are those guys, that side of the ball, like, what can you say? I mean, that side of the ball is balling it's, right it's now. It's the best we've seen since, Two you know, su- oh, 2009, 2010? Yeah, probably that. I mean, even better than the Gregory, yeah. you know. I, I think so. The, yeah, I'd say it's probably more like that. Well, okay, so we're talking about Riley, and and people wanted to have revisionist history with certain stuff. And I don't know why we're making this like a referendum on Riley. It didn't mean to take it there. But, but Dirk wrote this thing back in 2016 and 2017, so years two and three with Riley. Nebraska's defense allowed 16 consecutive scoring drives against Ohio State, including 14 touchdowns. Let me fucking repeat that one more time. <laughs> 16 consecutive scoring drives against Ohio State, including 14 touchdowns. Don't sit there and try to tell me that, oh, Riley, don't give me that. And again, you didn't have a homegrown golden boy that was going undefeated and was going to be the national coach of the year. Like, it's not the same. No, it's not even close. And that's that's the part that, like, it's like, that's why I don't even, like, it's not even a good, like, we all remember the the feeling. Like, it's yes. this is not the same. What we're experiencing now is new and different, and it's not good, but it's different. Right. And I think that's important. Um, but at the same time, like, so this is what's interesting is, um, and this is what gives me hope is Frank Solich had a down year in 2002. I was going to ask you about this. His defense was given up. It just wasn't playing to the standards of the black shirts. Uh, we had a couple like Milt Teneper is a legend. Dan Young, legend. They were just, they had gotten old. Yeah. They had gotten too Happens old where, everybody. you know what? Like, it's hard to, they couldn't recruit as much because it was just time, you know, the so the game like, was evolving. Yeah. Darlington and, 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 and Craig bowl. Like they were just like, they just didn't have the mojo as much as they once did. Um, and so Frank made some tough decisions. Like right? he had a down year. He made the tough calls brought in, you know, new coordinators and offense, but especially in defense, he brings in this young guy named Bo Pelini, Marvin Sanders, Jimmy Williams. Um, and that team was transformed. Right. I, I'm still convinced that 2003 team was the was supposed to be the beginning of something special because I remember we we like led the country in turnovers. Like I just those guys were so different from t- 2012, 2000. I mean 2002, 2003. Um, I just thought I mean it was such a and, and we had such uh, a thing going. Like everybody there felt it. Like man, we've got it. And then they fire Frank Solich after nine wins. Right. And he, I don't know. So to me, it's like my hope for Scott Frost is 
what I saw in 2003 is my freshman year was man, like things changed for the better with the, with new assistants, right? Right. The, the, the some assistants stayed, but some were changed. And it was like, we found the right thing that we needed. And I think with a few more years with that, with that crew, Nebraska, I'm convinced would have been on a different path or yeah. in a much better path. Cause we all felt it. Um, so now the, the question with Scott Frost going forward is who are you going to hire? Right. Because that's the thing. So you're going there. I'll go back to something with Trev. We'll kind of, I'm going to go back to that in a second, but you went to the changes. So I think, well, let's, first of all, I thought they would announce something this week. I even text you as, as much. I thought with the bye week with having to recruit, you, you had to, you couldn't allow your coaches to go out on this on the road and recruit without making some sort of an announcement either way. So I expected an announcement. What I didn't necessarily anticipate was the subsequent announcement of firing four offensive coaches where yeah. you, you fire Greg Austin, Mario Verduzco, Ryan Held, and Matt Lubick. I mean, you are gutting your offensive staff. How many – so you brought in – you said Marvin Sanders, Bo Pelini – you brought in three Jimmy new coaches. Williams and then uh, Jamrocks st- stayed for defensive line. So, but you brought uh, in three new coaches, three new guys on defense, and then Barney Cotton became O coordinator. Um, and then, so he had a lot. I guess I'm yeah. just trying to figure out that because I think there's some people are now, you know, with all those changes, how much is it? You know, there some people go, okay, there's going to be a learning curve with all these new coaches. That isn't necessarily have to be the case if you hire the right people. Yeah, I mean, it's still like, it still might be Frost terminology. It still might be like Frost system to a degree. Um, and that's going to, we're going to figure that out by who they hire and I'm sure what they 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 want to do. But I mean, Frank Solich took a step back and let Barney Cotton be the offense coordinator. And I don't, I don't know how much they changed terminology with right. Barney, but a lot of times... You don't have to change terminology. Uh, but if somebody brings in a very, very, very dis- different system, they'll change terminology. And that would be uh, like if they went to like some sort of like, you know, power pro I formation or whatever, like they will change everything. But I don't know. I don't know how m- much they're going to change in that sense. Like, yeah. Are they still trying to run frost? Frost. Offense, yeah, that's right. Like, let somebody else. See, I don't know. Own it more. Maybe if they bring in someone like Helfrich or something like that, then you would imagine some sort of continuity on that front. I don't know if that's going to be the guy. I think a lot of those conversations are for, I think we'll learn those things sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, I don't I don't know if we, I don't have a bunch of grand thoughts on like, they need to hire this guy as your offensive line coach. I don't know. I don't know the market well enough. Uh, the one thing, what's weird is I felt like, because you and I at least text a little bit when the news hit. I think, the announcement of keeping Frost, you said it, that it keeps the players engaged for the final two games. Yeah. But I think the subsequent firing of the four assistant coaches kind of makes it feel like these last two games are throwaway games. So, but did you feel, I don't know enough about how the inner workings of with this new signing period. Like, is this fraud? Like, did you almost, was it, best for everybody to to make those coaching changes now so guys like held and austin those guys can begin the process of potentially finding their next spot and frost can begin the process of hiring the next guys yeah i guess i have to give them the benefit of the the positive the negative the positive for those coaches is they're going to be like 
their feelers are being put out. They're going to get on. Like it gives them a better opportunity. Um, in same way, like Frost is going to be, you know, sending out feelers to get, you know, yes. get somebody else hired. Um, that's the good, I guess, of it. The bad is you don't have coaches coaching positions that are the normal guys. Um, they're going to have people fill in, but like, and they're also like those guys do a lot of the, you know, recruiting the position groups and yada, yada, yada. So that's going to be, I don't know how they're going to function necessarily I mean, for the next two weeks. They've I don't, got, they've got the analysts that can step in and, and Ron Brown's coached, uh, Verdusco's brother is on staff and he apparently was a, uh, offensive coordinator at some point. Like he's been, he's, he's been okay. a coach and a coordinator. Another guy has been a coach and a coordinator. So it's not like these are like analysts, like, like Billy, the towel boy that like, you know, it's like, Oh my God, what do I do? Hold the clipboard. Oh God. just uh, <laughs> Billy the Or what's the guy in, uh, in Hoosiers, the dad that's the drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Who he's like, we're going to run the picket fence. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Right? We're going to be running a lot of picket fence against right. Iowa, but. but, but I guess that's the thing, you know, the positive of it, you know, the negative of it is like, you do wonder how they're even going to function the last two games. But the, to me, a, this week was in large part about turning the page and looking for the future, uh, which yeah. what do you think? Um, God, there's so much to talk about here. The, I do think one of the things Trev talked about, whether it was in, you know, in conversations with the journal star in the world Herald or on the radio was Scott Frost taking a more holistic CEO approach as a head coach. He even cited times where he said, I think Scott sometimes rather than coaching a kid as he runs off the field or in the moment, he's, he's so preoccupied with calling the next play yeah. that he's not able to do some of that coaching. And I do think there must be some details and accountability things that have eluded the program. I, I think there's something to that. I, I've, I've yeah. always kind of liked the coach is taking on more of that role. The question is, is Frost suited to do that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is that not playing to his strengths? Because I did, I would always kind of like not love this. This was more of the first couple of years. Like if there'd be a mistake on like a punt or a kickoff or something like that, and they'd have Fro ask Frost after the game, you know, he'd be like, you know, I didn't see it. I was busy getting the next set of plays yeah. ready to go. And it's like, man, that's not good. You know, like a coach should have his, you know, have his hands in everything. The the CEO approach thing, I think, though, is probably something that that needed to happen, I guess. Uh, to me, it's like it's pretty um, it's pretty common sense, like as a decision that that's like what's going to happen. Like our problems weren't like um, that. We don't know how to like scheme and we don't know how to like our problems were like special teams, penalties clock management game Just, management yeah, you're right. like which has nothing to do with like these are the plays i call in the sure. moment like it's all about like big picture stuff that somebody needs to be doing right kind of exclusively so like it makes sense like that's like for us to fix this you got to do that and if you're going to do that somebody else is going to have to take more time doing what you were doing Right. Because you can't really do both is what we found out. Like you kind of have to like coaches can get away with being a coordinator if everything's going right. Right. But if it's not, you got to put your focus somewhere. And right now that makes sense to me. It's like special teams are going to be a focus of Scott Frost, like a real like not like, hey, we're working on this more like we have, but like you're in charge. I just feel like being and again, 
it can work. I mean, Coach, Coach Osborne called the plays. You know, like, it, it absolutely can work. Yeah. But, you know, being the offensive coordinator and calling plays and scheming defenses, that's that's got to take so much of your time. It just, it does. It takes your time and your attention. And that's where right now the attention needs to go to the, the big picture stuff and get that sort of like, you know, get that it, squared away. And I, so I think there's, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot that's going to change, I think. Um, but it's also going to depend on who, who we hire. Right. And that's I what mean, makes it so hard so, to like, to, to, really kind of peek in and see what this is all going to look like. A lot of that depends on who they hire. It is. And so like one of the big things that kept coming to my mind is like, you know, I think there was a lot of really, there was good, these were good guys on the staff and I, these are frost sure. friends and you know, there's, you know, these are, so you never feel good about somebody being fired. No, Not when no. they're good people. So it's like, you never want to, but like the reality in my mind is like, whoever you hire, they better be able to recruit because we just, we didn't recruit well on offense, in no. my opinion. Uh, I think we just we missed on running backs for four straight years. Yes, Gabe Irvin's pretty good, but basically it's like, I mean, I just feel like we never really. Greg ranked. Bell, Boom. Maurice Washington, uh, Ronald Tompkins. Tompkins was a an injury that never came through. You know, Ramirez starting to play a little bit, but, but he's Ramirez, like, I mean, Ramirez, Ramirez, Ramirez. He's, he's a small. Not, he's guy. fine. He's fine, but you know, and then you got Marvin Scott, you got Sevion who can't get on the field. Marquis Steps basically Step. kind of been a whiff so far. Transfer portal guy. Jacquez Yant is he's a walk on. He's, he's a walk on. He's that, been fine, but the thing that'll be interesting too on these on these new coaches is Scott Frost is going to have to convince these guys because basically, let's be honest, next year sets up for. The thing that's too bad is it it does kind of feel like next year is going to feel a lot like this year, where like I think basically Frost and Trev they kind of came to agreements like you got one more year to get this thing right. Yeah, and so hiring someone, hey, come take this job and be the running backs coach. If we, by the way, if we don't win X amount of games, you this is going to be a one year thing. Well, like I, 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 this might sound terrible, but like. This, we can improve off of this year. That's I think, and yes. that's all he's going to want to see. I think Trev, even yeah. next year, Nick, he like next year you're going to have new new coaches. It's going to take time. If it's a totally new system, I don't know. Maybe they change the system. I don't know. But like, if they show progress, they're not going to want to move away. From I wouldn't that think so. But what I'm saying is you can't have another. Like I don't, I don't. You we don't need to get into nine games. You can't go three and nine again and go. We're you know oh, we're close. Like we're then close I think, and we're lose, if, if everything keeps going the same, it's it's just and and listen, we have an entire off season to get into like what is that magic number? Do they just need to get to a bowl game again. Do they need to get to? Does it need to be seven or eight wins? Is it going to be more than that? I don't know. Yeah. We'll get more more yeah. into that. Uh, but I do think like you know, it is pretty amazing to think about how frost basically and you know people can roll their eyes they're like oh big Crimea river you know they're talking about he's instead of making 20 million dollars he'll make whatever but listen that's a lot of money he basically took he took a million dollar pay cut for next year and he cut his buyout 
basically in half. Like he took a, it's like a, so it's a seven and a half million dollar buyout. So million, basically, yeah. he took about an eight and a half million dollar hit to come back. And he had to fire some of his friends. And fire some of his best friends to come back to, <laughs> to do this again. Yeah. So you got to get in. So that shows how much he wants to yeah. be the head coach here. The Nick Bob podcast is powered by Runza. I got to talk to you guys about something. The Eagles ran Philly special in Super Bowl 52, right? Remember that trick play? It was incredible. It was amazing. Well, Runza has huddled up. And they got their own version of Philly special. How about a Philly style Runza? Oh, man. For a limited time only, you can get a Philly style Runza. Everything you love about a Philly combined with everything you love about a Runza wrapped up into one. So if you got a hunger as big as the Sixers center Joel Embiid, you need the Philly style Runza. You got green peppers, grilled onions, steak seasoning, Swiss cheese, and, of course, juicy, delicious, succulent steak all wrapped into a runza. Oh, my goodness. The combination of steak and runza. I mean, that's kind of like the combination of Adrian Martinez and Samari Torre. It's just fantastic. So get your Philly game right. Get your Philly-style Runza game right. Again, this is for a limited time only, so head out to Runza today and get a Philly-style Runza. Runza makes it all better. Let's give a shout-out to the guy that is doing everything right. You want to talk about some, like what's wrong with... Trev's nailing this, is he not? Has nailed every single thing totally he's agree. done since he's been here. I mean everything yes. he is so on it like the way he handled this which you find out matters in life is like when guys don't handle these type of moments right things just get exponentially worse trev is just like he can somehow tell you the real stuff well, that's in a way gonna... that is like you go gosh thank you for telling us that and that makes sense because he basically has said and i got a quote here but he basically said as much like Listen, there's no empirical data. History's not on our side that this is going to work. Like he's just keeping it real. Like he's keeping, I, it, he's real. keeping it real. Rather than rather than sit up there, because I think even you and I can tell you, like, have we seen progress? Yeah, in in little areas. Certainly, the defense. There's been strides in the right direction. Overall, it's hard. It's a hard argument to look into these cameras and go yes. like, "But I tell you, this is going in a great direction. This is going awesome." No, it's hard, and and there's yeah. not a lot of historical evidence that shows if a coach takes over and has four straight losing seasons that then this thing all of a sudden takes off and they're no. rolling. There's not. But here, here's let, let me read this quote. This is just, it's so nice to have someone in leadership just shoot it to you straight. Here's the quote from Trev. I think this is in the World Herald. He said, quote, it's no secret that I've always wanted this to work. It would be unfair to say that I wasn't looking for a way to keep Scott as our coach. I don't think there is a clear definition. Uh, there's not a lot of empirical data out there to suggest that this will work. Let's be honest. But I also think if there's, an, if there's a decision point, whether it's football or anything else, you know, Scott's a brother. He's a Husker, and he's a Nebraskan. And he goes on to, he talks about he has five words, you know, there, he talks about the nameplate on his desk. He has five words beneath his name, and one of them is loyalty. And he says, I, I thought if all things being equal, if there's a decision to make, if there's uncertainty, 
we're going to err. While I'm the athletic director, we will probably err on the side of loyalty, but it won't be blind loyalty. That's such a common, like, that's how I, I think in so many ways. Like, I have always in my life tried to, like, default to loyalty, and I see so little of that in the world that, like, I, I read that in the paper and was like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you, somebody, for thinking that way. Yes. And be willing to be like, this is, and he laid it out. He laid out, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is this is what I kind of wanted. I know it's not, there's no great explanation for it other than I'm, I think it's probably the right thing to do, and I'm going to err with our, a Nebraskan, uh, a former I'm going to follow player. my heart. I'm going to make sure and, I align with someone that I want to be with. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to just, like, stick my finger up in the wind and just let it because that's life sometimes life isn't always about life isn't all about looking at numbers and just following what the numbers tell you and like i know for me i mean we're now both 37 years old we're you know we're relatively young but we've certainly we've got a little bit of life experience and i think about a lot of things i've a lot of big life decisions that i've made and to be honest with you, a lot of them didn't make sense from, an, and to use Trev's quote, an empirical data standpoint. Yeah. Like, I've turned down, I've had radio gig opportunities in Denver, Kansas City. I had yeah. another opportunity. Uh, and when I took the job at 1620 to do a solo show, I could have gone to the competing radio station and done an afternoon show. All of those things would have paid me more money but I felt in my sometimes when you, you have to follow that thing in no, you. I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. do that. I want to be, I want to make sure I'm lined up. I I want to align myself with this person. I want to work with that person. Yeah. And you know, so I think in life, you make more of those decisions with your heart and your gut than you than you realize you do. Yeah. If your gut's telling you, like, oh, this is like your gut can tell you that's the not the right person and the gut can tell you like oh i'm not i'm not done we're not done with this person right like yes like scott frost like firing scott frost right now would feel like oh i just that doesn't feel right no and and, and that's the truth and and a part of life is you know i, I don't know what that there's got to be a quote out there and i'm sure i heard it where it's just like you know the most important thing to choose in life is people yeah and making sure you're aligning yourself with the right people like don't choose the whole thing. Like, don't choose the job. Choose the boss or choose who you like the the who you want to work with. And, you know, I, I think there's a part of that for Trev, too, where he's just like, I want to work with Scott. And I but let me just tell you something. Scott Frost might not have stuck around if this was the wrong AD. If this right. is an AD coming, you know, like if this was Jer the the uh, Jamie Pollard from Iowa State and all that. And he's going, I don't know about this. And I don't I mean, I think Scott really feels like Trev wants him to work and he trusts what he's what he's advising him on like like trev has good perspective trev's a smart smart guy and i think scott actually will listen to a guy like i i think that shows he respects trev that he's going like yes you think i need to do these things i trust you enough to be like these are hard things to do fire your own right hand selected friends and coaches like that's hard but he he's putting a lot of trust back into Trev to me to, to go through with this. Well, and even I love the hopefully I can find it here. Uh, even another great quote from Trev. Uh, it's almost like to the point where it's like, dang, he's being so honest that it's th this was might have been in uh, this is in Husker Extra. Trev, Trev said he goes, 
because you know i asked i asked scott this morning and we've had lots of conversations but i said are you a little uncomfortable in reference to restructuring the yeah. contract and just the general magnitude of the moment frost said he does feel uncomfortable in a good way and trev replied so am i that's how I know we have a great deal because both of us and his voice trailed off. But sometimes, you know, yeah. they kind of say in business, like the mark of a great kind of compromise is or, or a great negotiation is both sides kind of like, little, like eh, yeah. I don't know about like, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. But overall, you're, you're charging forward. Yeah, because I think that's the other thing is Trev. Trev is, is doing two things. He, he greatly mitigated the, the financial component of this thing. Right. I mean, he cut the buyout in half. He gets Frost taking million dollar pay cut. Like that's a very real thing. While, oh, by the way, there's a crane in behind his office as he's eating his like egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> that's building a hundred and fifty million dollar facility. Just shoveling money from one crane to the other. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a money crane. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping money. Clear Twenty million dollars coming here. <laughs> Twenty million. Clear the way. Dropping money. Get your hats on, boys. For the love of God, get your hot hats you on. Your the rules. Drop dropping money and keep your hot hats on. You know the rules. Strict union rules. Have you ever been hit by a $100,000 briefcase? It doesn't feel good, uh, okay? Forgot the 80s because that happened so many times. <laughs> but, but Trev is doing, so he's like simultaneously doing all the things we talked about of like, you know, aligning yourself trust in your gut he's going to yeah. err on the side of loyalty but he all it's not like he just did that and kicked his feet up he 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 impacted the financial situation of this thing yeah so he's loyal to nebraska i mean he's loyal to scott frost right so that we respect right. that and i love that he's loyal to scott frost but he's doing his job for the university so like in a way like it's it, the fans i think that's a move that the fans go Hey, if you haven't performed to the expectations, like he took a pay cut, you know what I mean? And I think people go like, okay, like, right. I don't know what that does, but like firing coaches in a pay cut as much as it like, these are things you go, Oh, that, why should that, it, the fan base need to see something happen to sort of go and like to, to take away that buyout risk uh in the future. Like it's, it sounds dumb, yeah, but totally. that's like, it makes sense. It's like, Hey, there's got to be some sort of like, look, this is how we have to do this to move forward correctly. And now they have more money to potentially spend on new that's coaches, it. right? And that's and that's where it's like they're doing all the right things. That, well, that's the thing. You know, you there are a couple of things. You couldn't run it back as it was. You just couldn't. I'm not necessarily saying it's never comfortable to call for people's jobs. I'm talking about assistant coaches, but you could not say Frost is coming back and so are all the staff. We'll see you next. We'll see you at the spring game. Like that would have been a hard thing it's to hard, sell to the fans. Hard to do. So you're, you are making changes, which is good in terms of, you know, the fans needed to see that. And then as you pointed out too, there's the financial changes of this thing, which, which I think definitely needed to happen. And you know, you you look at the the financial structure structural changes on this thing. Nebraska is now going to have two point. This is from Sean Callahan. I depend on people to do these kinds of things for me, and then I screenshot them. Good. Uh, this is from Sean Callahan. He goes with Scott Frost one million dollar pay cut and the announced staff moves today. Nebraska has two point seven seven five million to essentially hire a high-profile offensive coordinator and three assistants. The four coaches let go by Frost today made a combined $1.775 million in 2021. Okay. So you've increased your 
it's it's what you've you've gotten a pay cut from Frost, cut down your buyout, but then you've increased the pool of money potentially to go out there and try to get some high profile offensive coaches to bring on your staff. O coordinator, O line coach, and a running backs coach. And maybe a special team. Somebody in there might just be a and special. Somebody might go special teams, right? If you don't have a quarterbacks coach. Um, I mean, that gives us an opportunity to make, I mean, a great position coach can change everything. Yes. And, and this is the kicker I told you. And I said this earlier, like you go get somebody that can just flat out recruit. That might be the biggest right. way you impact this team. Like immediately is like that guy's the best, like he's a running back coach, but he's the best recruiter in like in Texas, go get him. Right. right. And that's where you have an extra, you know, 200,000 bucks to spend on him. So instead of making, you know, a couple hundred, he's making a half a million. You know, those are the things that like, that's how you get somebody like that. Absolutely. And the thing that, you know, thinking about recruiting in the next year, it's amazing how I think a lot of people don't necessarily love the transfer portal and the one time transfer rule. It just feels like it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. But it's amazing how in this moment, that might be the very thing that saves the situation. Yeah. Because let's be honest right now, th this, this next recruiting class, you don't have time to develop little Timmy who's like, hi, yeah. I need a pass rusher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. You know, you don't need that guy. It's like, I just kissed my first girlfriend. Um, I popped a zit. I got uh, this new zit cream, and I'm hoping it works. Oh, I have to play football. Oh, gee, mister. <laughs> I got a huge whopper. Right oh, my... no. Remember, I had a zit on my nose for like 365 days. You popped it is why. I wouldn't have patience. You got to, okay. I, I let it. Rule number one, people. If you got a zit on the nose, you don't touch it. No matter what happens, you don't touch it. Nick Ba calendar year i mean i kept going i was like it's ready and i'd go in there and like is there anything worse you go to pop a zit and it doesn't pop and instead <laughs> yeah. it, like it's bloody and it gets like you do it and no and nothing comes out and you just feel it just like swell it's just see like, the i think the worst <laughs> it is the worst feeling zits are like no i'm not gonna pop but it's the, all the play yeah, okay the skin worst some place, skin's thick and some worst skin. place to get a zit to me is right in between your eyes and it swells you oh. look like a brontosaurus you're like <laughs> <laughs> i always didn't like the one like right by your lip because i was like yeah like, there's it's a... not what you think it is <laughs> michael just as it michael scott when oh. he, he had the big episode where he thought he had herpes but uh, uh oh. No, worst power rankings zit locations. Uh, to me, the to nose me, lasts. The to me, it's though. it's here though. It's in between the eyes because you you yeah. you don't get patient with that, and you're like, Ooh. I mean, you were like, oh, it's yeah. horrible. But the nose lasts the longest. This at least will go away. You can miss and be like, it's gonna be a bad week. But you had a bad no, year. I had, had a bad, bad year. Two thousand three was a rough time for you, boy. <laughs> Boys out there like Rudolph on that ass. But yeah. Uh, but I bring we brought up. Zit boy here. I mean, you're going in the portal because you need guys that can come in. You need a Kenneth Walker. You need dudes that can come in and and make yeah. a difference right now. It's funny. And it's like, and that that to me tells us like that we missed, like we were gonna like build through like, it could be we, a developmental program. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we like we did like the JUCO 
the JUCO pieced together that first year. And then it was going to be like, let's build it up the right way. But then it's like, you know, like Wandale transfers and like all our McCaffrey, like we miss, we miss, we miss. So now we're going like, God, now we just need players again that are ready to go. So right. like transfer portal and JUCO are back in like the, the top of our mind in the sense of like, we just don't have time to no. do it the way we were hoping to be able to do it. And one of the big questions, because a part of running it back, and it'll be interesting to see, is if a part of running that back is Adrian Martinez going to be the quarterback next year. I, th- I just have a hard time. You know, these last two games. Well, how about the news that he has a broken jaw? He's been playing with a broken jaw and a high ankle sprain. Yeah. The broken jaw, I am I think they probably... I don't understand how you play with a broken jaw, but that's neither here nor there. I think you can do a lot of things if you're just willing to t- suck it up. I mean, I, I don't think it was like like it was going to be like, he's like, hit, and there goes his jaw. It was like jaw. Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. It wasn't like, you know... I don't think it's like... It, Kanye West. It might where sound you... stupid, but like it's one of those, it's like, I think it's going to hurt really bad in a lot of times, but I don't think it's like where your arm's broken and right. it's going to break more or something. Or you're like, because it, it's different when you're like, you're at more risk to do further damage. But, but it complicates, I just don't know what. But, but that, I, to me, the news of that complicates how you view. Well, I think that's Martinez. why. There's a reason to me why that came out. To right. me, it's like they kept that secret and they probably should have. Right. But Adrian's been taking so much heat that like they, I think for his own sake and maybe for the sake of he, if he ever comes back, it's like this guy's been playing with a broken jaw and a high ankle sprain and a high ankle sprain. I think since the Minnesota game, I think he was high ankle sprain, high but- ankle sprain jaw. And Oh, by the way, his, both his tackles, like, I mean, he's under yeah. siege. So, so instantaneously, they basically gave the opponents like valuable information for the sake of like, letting everybody know, like, Hey, just so you know about Adrian, everybody kind of has to go. Yeah, it's right. That's, so, so that's, that it's just to be interesting to see, like, but yeah, that's. I would say right now, my gut tells me you are going to have a different starting quarterback in twenty twenty two. That's my gut. New a new coordinator is a big part of that too. Right. This is back to the the Frost system next year. It could very well be Adrian Martinez, if it's a different system, like you know, LSU brought in the. I think is something Barry maybe was yeah, his coach. Um, um, he came from the, I want to say he came from like the Rams. Yeah. And he had came there. It was like one year. And then with Burrow, I, him and Burrow. And like, Burrow, and it was like done deal, changed everything. Yes. But like he brought in his system, right? Um, so it'll be and, interesting if we like try to, we could sneak somebody from the pros if that's like, you know, because sometimes that's a good recruiting tool to, as well. So it it could go a lot of ways, but that will affect Adrian as well. Be interesting to see. I, again, my gut tells me that it's probably got a different quarterback next year. But like you said, it's a good point. I didn't think about the fact that maybe depends on who they hire and what system they have yes. moving forward. He's got, ta- I mean, it's just, Adrian, I'm not sure there's a guy. I feel like I'm not, I'm certainly not Bill Walsh or Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick, but I, I don't deem myself as an idiot when it comes to football. I don't know what to think of Martinez. I don't know what to think of I know what a talented player looks like. He's got talent, but I don't know. I, I it's uh, we've had that conversation a million times, but it's he, gonna be. He's the what, best player that I've seen that can't win a game. There you go. 
And I mean right. that maybe in my life, like he's the best quarterback I've seen that like he truly can't win a game. And I go, I don't know that I've seen this type of thing before. Usually it's like somebody is obviously worse than he is to right. have the kind of record that he's had four years of that. Right. I mean, it's, I don't know what you make. I don't know what it's you bizarre, make. but it'll be interesting to see if he, if he comes back next year, if he, or if it's going to be a complete new look thing. What do you think about all the, like, they say like, Oh, these like six or seven or eight guys in our team that might go pro. Like, what do you think of that? Even like, is that like, like, am I missing something like other than cam and maybe Jojo? Like, right. I don't know. I don't see a lot of, yeah, because are, are you talking about some of the guys that, that could sit out the last two games or leave early? I mean, I've heard, like, between Austin Allen, Allen Dan Daniels. Daniels um, to me, the only pro – I mean, I would think we're talking about Austin Allen. You're talking Cam. about Daniels. You're talking about Cam Taylor-Britt. You're talking about JoJo Doman. But then they're talking about Caleb Tanner. They were talking about Adrian. They are talking like – I'm like – I didn't think those guys were even being considered for the pros, really. Like I would think Jo Jojo Jojo is. I think Jojo's played his way into Jojo is. I mean, especially like he Cam, played his best game he's ever played against the best competition of the season in Ohio State. He was awesome in that game. Yeah, Jojo's been good, but I don't know. It, that's what it's just going to be so interesting to see. What not just because it's not just a Martinez conversation, just how what the roster looks like next year and what yeah. guy what guys that can come back will come back. Because yes. you also wonder, from Adrian's perspective, does Adrian want to just? I think this year's probably move been a lot for him right. because it's it's not gone the way he wanted to. Um, but at the same time, like you know, he's also invested a lot into this place too. So I think for him, it'd be it'd be probably hard to just like oh, I'm gonna go try somewhere else right. as well. Because then you have to relearn a system, and it took four years to get like as comfortable as he is with it, but. Um, it's also sometimes you just want a fresh start too. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see what that holds, but yeah, I, I just, again, to circle back to the top, I think this was the right move to make. And I get that it's gotten to be a yeah. polarizing topic, but at the same time, I think there are more people. I think more people wanted this than, than didn't want this. I think more people wanted to see frost come back than didn't. I think the didn't crowd is a little bit more vocal. The, the 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 fire frost crowd is no doubt louder and no doubt in my mind smaller yes the smaller and, piece of the nebraska family and so uh, like you said i mean and we've talked about this like if this was any other coach if this wasn't frost if this wasn't a homegrown husker legend national title winning quarterback would you feel this way and it's like well probably not but he but like he is all those things he is, and he has, he has, like, you want to talk about talent? Like, Scott Frost has a lot of talent as a coach. He is a really good play caller. He is really good uh, with the team. Like, he's good at. Right. at the right thing to say and at, all that stuff. Yeah, addressing the right thing. I think he's really good at, like, running, like, uh, like teams are, like, guys are, like, good technique. Like, we, we really, like, we're strong, physical. Like, we're doing a lot of the things right. The things I think Trev has hinted at that like they're going to focus on, he's going to have to develop. Right. And he has the talent to develop it. Like he has that, I think, the ability, which some coaches might not. 
And I think that to me is like where I go, I trust in some of Frost's, uh, his ability to grow. Right. Because if I, if you didn't think he could grow, like what's the point, right? That's it. He's got to have the ability to grow. And I think he's got talent. He could do it, but um, there's just definitely changes had to be made. You just can't keep doing what we did. This was the change. I think it's the right move. It's hard to see those coaches go, but like, but I'm, I'm change. a little, listen, the proof is in the pudding in terms of the output for with that side of the ball. In the end, like they couldn't recruit like the players they needed and they couldn't like those position groups were across the board, the worst position group. That's exactly right. You, you, exactly. If we start writing down worst position groups in terms of recruiting development and performance, you're writing down running backs. You're writing down offensive line, wide receivers, wide receivers. Years, yeah. And then the reality is probably quarterback too, because for as much as we talk about with Adrian, like you, they never had a second option. Nope. You know, I mean, you brought it up like, Oklahoma, Spencer Radler can struggle and they bring in another guy and he can do it. And he's like, and he's now the, like you have a first round draft pick that goes out and the next guy comes in and they're like, I think he's a first round draft, you know? So, like, so it's, it's, that makes life a lot easier. Totally, totally. You got to go get those guys. You absolutely do. So and, again, I think this whole time, you know, of all the options, it was like fire frost, keep frost and keep and run it back or keep frost, make staff changes. I always felt like the most likely of those three was keep frost, make staff changes. And that's what's happened. And uh, were you, were you expecting it to be this degree? Like they, they whacked four. They whacked I didn't Lubbock. know. I didn't think it would be, I didn't think it would be all four guys. I guess the Lubbock thing is, a little surprising. Telling. It's telling to me that that they didn't feel like that was, uh, like that something made a big really, enough difference. Yeah. Yes, because that because something has something obviously wasn't working with him because he just got here. So I know that I he wasn't on my radar of a guy that was going to get just potentially on the chopping block, but he did. Sean Becton stayed. Tight ends have played well. Yep, and that dude recruits mm -hmm. he goes down to georgia he goes down to florida and he pulls guys out like i mean i think he got cam taylor Britt, gabe Irvin. he he's a great recruiter so he's recruited well his position is performed so he's still here kept his job so to me it's like that's that's what they're gonna go they're gonna go higher i hopefully uh, oh like an oc that's got some got some juice somebody that's got the right now has right. the has the stuff whether it's pro or, you know, is, is just has a great pedigree. Um, and then the rest of these dudes better be able to coach and recruit. Recruit the transfer portal initially. Because oh, that's yeah. the other thing, too, is like this December early signing period has changed everything. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella, won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent 
at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable, and Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. When I first saw it, because it got to be really weird as a player, and you have two games left and your position coach gets fired. That would be like, wow. I mean, holy crap. But I do think that, we talked about this, that the, the December signing period just it the urgency at which you have to get your staff together you got to get the recruiting class together like everything's just moved up and so i think that's why you've seen lsu they you know they fire orgeron in the middle of the season usc fires help in the middle of the season texas tech fired their guy and just hired their new guy in the middle of the season uh tcu announced that they're they got rid of gary patterson like i think a lot of that in a roundabout way has to do with the december early signing period you need to have all your ducks in a row as fast as possible to make sure that you can make sure that because if you if you're not ready to go for that early signing period you know you're it's just like it's so much now depends on this recruiting aspect of it that like I mean, we were talking like we knew they had to at least say like Frost our guy for another year. Like you can't put him into you know right. November December without that. But like I guess I was still surprised you fire coaches. Like, so was I, I wasn't before. expecting that. But again, I would I would have to assume because I don't think Frost. I, I would think there's got to be a reason for it. I mean, maybe it shows that there's. I mean, they're recruiting class Nick. Though they got like eight guys, right? And I just, there's no like real like stud of the class so it's like i guess for them it's like what are we going to lose like but what do you do you think they made that the, the move to fire the four coaches now is that a a a move to satisfy the the fans now yes because i don't know about that like it is yes but it's also to get, to go get a coach that's just sooner me, and it maybe and, allows those guys greg austin those guys can begin the process of figuring out what their next yes, gig is and it, uh, then it's like you basically if you can get a guy hired or if you can't you basically say like like this i know you you're a little hesitant about us because our off like we were making changes and it's going to go you know it's just another story to tell in recruiting too, right which is like sad that's part of it but like it's all those <sighs> things that actually like it makes sense. The The downside is you have to coach a game with less assistance. Right. So they can do it. I mean, these other people can And help. I don't think the reality is, like, I don't think these next few games matter a ton. They don't matter. But I hate can, to dismiss them completely. You can do it. These guys have played a whole season. Like, how much are they going to change the last couple of weeks? Like, not that much. They have their system. Right. It's like these guys will walk them through film, coach them up a little bit. But, like, really, it's like, They've been through most of the season. Like you're in the routine. It's not like you're like, what do I do without a coach? And, and I'd have to imagine, at least for some people. Now I don't know how many people necessarily are there, and if their position coach leaves, they're going to leave. I mean, there might be a few, but I'd have to imagine, you know, because you talked about this in our last recap pod that like you were a senior in 2007, and when the cloud hangs over the 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 locker room of your coaches might be on the way out, that impacts how engaged you are and your, your everyday approach to things. I'd have to imagine there's a large portion of players in that locker room, almost everybody that can breathe a sigh of relief in terms of their underclassmen, yeah. knowing that their head coach is, is going to be back next year. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously nobody wants to see their position coach go for the most part, but it's in a lot of ways, it's almost better to be like, for them to be gone than them to be there as coaches like destroying. Yeah. I've seen the coaches when they're down and out and they're not 
into it like they should and the game plan comes in you're like what is that right like that's worse than them not being there it's sad it's sad to say that's true though sometimes it's better to have them out and let somebody else sort of uh, it, it's a good jump point in. Like, it's so, a good point I, I was i was shocked but like i think the more i'm they got a few people that are going to cover i think it'll be okay. it'll work i mean we'll it, see i mean we'll see how they perform it, but the other thing real quick the of all the people that Frost may have to make sure re-recruit and make sure it doesn't leave, it's is Chenander on that list. I feel like there's loyalty there, there's and loyalty and there, I think. but I just wonder, like I'd imagine there's got to be some other coaches and other programs that are going. Look what this guy did. You know, that's a good question. I because these both these defensive numbers are they've been good. I mean, really, really impressive. Like. I mean, they're 14th nationally in stop rate, which is a, you know, just percentage of drives that end in a stop. Yeah. If you if you take away the 27 points that Nebraska's offense and special teams errors have gifted their opponents, the Huskers would have a top five scoring defense nationally at 15.6 points per game. Shoot. Like, I think there's a chance, chin, like, people are going to be sniffing around chins a little bit. But you think this Sniffy is like a chin. bigger? You think a bigger program? I don't is know. Come and offer just more money? Maybe because like, I don't know if he has head coaching aspirations. I don't know if he would. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, there's a lot. Whether a Travis Fisher, uh, a a Eric Chenander. You know, Fish, I don't know. Fish is like you know people made runs at him because he can recruit. He's a good coach. Um, he, he's kind of always. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I just just throw it out I there. Think like we've I, lost enough that um, it's a little bit harder. I think for any of these coaches to be like a hot, hot commodity. Always good the point. teams that win the national titles, all their coaches get. Well, jobs, and right? I also like, think like he at the end of the day, Eric Schneider is at Nebraska, yeah. which is you know a big a big high profile job, and he's got it. He's that side of the ball. He's kind of got it going. Like it takes going. a lot of work to get your he gets stuff paid going. well. I mean, he gets paid yeah. well as it is. It's not like you know, there's a handful of schools that maybe would pay him more, and I don't think they're going for him. And so it's like, you know, and I don't see him going to like a real small school to be a head coach because right. that's right. Right now, he's not gonna go to a big school as a head coach. He's not there yet. No. Right. Like if we won for three or four years, right. You can't, he could become agree. a candidate, but agree. like Nebraska goes three and nine, like let's get that guy, you right. know, like it that's just, good. I hear you. It's hard to go to make that kind of jump in my opinion. <sighs> and then just to puke in your mouth a little bit, just you want to, this is from Hus guys going over special teams this year. Yeah. Nebraska special teams have eight missed field goals. They've missed four PATs. They've had three punts travel less than 20 yards, had a nice 13-yarder against Ohio State that set up a touchdown. Give a punt return for a touchdown. We were in Vegas, crocked, watching that. Kind of ruined our, our Vegas night. Yeah, and the, uh, had, a, had a PAT blocked in return for, for two points. And they have 30 punt return yards total in 10 games. Our boy Santino Panico, I believe, had 68. So the guy that was the running joke is Mr. Fair Catch, Santino Panico. Like, he has double the punt return yards. And yeah. so, I mean, it's just, and again, Frost made the comment in the post in the post game presser of saying, like, basically said, listen, we don't have a special teams problem. We have a specialist problem. To a degree, but it's also like when you, I feel like. It's true. Is, and there, it's not any, true. is there any hope to return a punt or a kick? Zero. 
That's a problem to me. That's yeah. a problem when you don't. Maybe that's a specialist problem a little bit too, but it's also. But that's a problem. It's a mindset thing. So we've had all time bad kicking and punting this year. What's up? In- and that's why I, you know, I know close is the buzzword of the year and people get, there's some people get upset. Like they're close. They're not, what does close even mean? I mean, you give them a competent punter and kicker. I'm not even saying you give them, you know, Adam Vinatieri and, yeah. you know, the greatest punter in the world and, and my boy, Darren Erstad shouts out to Darren Erstad. I'm not saying you have to give them the best of the best. You just give them competent punters and kickers. They might have wins over Oklahoma and Ohio State. Big, Big Ten average. If you if, if you probably went and did like, I'd love to see this, like the Big Ten average, like punting and kicking margins and like put those with us. Like, do we win three more so, games? Like punt returner, like the fact that Cam Taylor Britt like started our year out like that. Uh, and then we basically were like, uh, you know, Oliver Martin can catch. Let's just have him go catch everything. Like, right. That sort of like all that combined, like, is that four wins more? It could be honestly. So that's where I feel like there's just a, you know, you get competent punting and kicking, you tighten up a few things. They might, they might have at least two more wins over over two teams that are like in the playoff potentially. Yeah, it's just so that that's where it's and I I mean, they're, so, they're, so the whole the it's whole so argument hard. of are they close or are they not like. It's just it's and what so, are these moral victory cards and all that? I don't. I mean, it's just been such a unreal season. It's been it, unreal. It really has been. It's been unreal. So like, you know, sometimes people are probably me and you. We we spend we really try to like, I don't know, maybe defend things too much, but like, at the same time, like you can't tell me you're not watching this and going like, what is going on? Even though it's the usually same, more it obvious to me than like. How can't we just do that? I don't, I, I know. Usually, like, it is, you couldn't even, if you took a football team and tried to do what they do, like, hey, what you're going to do is you're going to be in every game, but you're going to make, and you're going to dominate, you're, you're going to dominate some games, but then there's, I want, there's going to be like two plays that go catastrophically bad. And you got to know when to make those two plays, and then you need to lose by one score. Like you could, I guess what I'm getting, it's like, this is, you couldn't do this if you try. Yeah. The, and usually the teams that are so bad at those things are bad all the time and they lose big a lot. Right. And we're like bad at those things. Situationally in the worst possible time. at the worst times and we lose barely. It's, it's, it's been, uh, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, listen, people that listen to our podcast, you know, you get some people, it's like, you guys, I mean, you guys are willing to be. And it's you're like, homers. Hey, baby. I mean, I also think like, just because we want Frost to come back, it's like, oh, oh, you like this? You like going three and nine? It's like, no, if you're I don't not, like going. If you're three not a Homer as a Nebraska fan. Like, well, are you a Nebraska fan? Like, well, I, and I also <laughs> think like you don't have to equate like just because I want Scott Frost back doesn't mean that I'm pleased with what has happened no. over. No, so like, but people say, oh, you you like you like losing football. But we it's also like, do. You don't want to jump off like the you know the the cliff into like into the bad place over everything you want to be you know as rational as you can and just like and try to see the positive sometimes because it's like it's not always as bad as it seems like 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 i said i think at some point you got to stop this revolving door at some point it's got to stop i like that they trev uh trev put his foot in the door and 
Jerry rigged like our like our, our friend Bob when he stopped a ceiling fan at a party in seventh he grade and he impressed that. his girlfriend with it. It was he pretty big, but that's basically what he's still a legend for that. <laughs> but that's at some point you gotta stop the revolt. I mean, think about it. so since two thousand three, do that I mean you've had how many ADs? Stevie One, P two, three, four. This is our fifth. Fifth AD. You've had Frank Solich, Bill Callahan, Bo Pelini, Mike Riley, Scott. You had your fifth five coach. And, five. and like at some point, you got to stop the revolving door. And I and like I said, some people say you're insane to bring Frost back and expect a different result. And to me, I could flip that on you and say you're insane if you think you can continue to just drop an A bomb on the the program every four years and think that you you're going to get a different result. You can't tell me the fastest route to winning again isn't what we're doing that's what i think a rebuild will take longer that's, that's what i that's think period i know it by the way it, this is just a thought that i've had for a while like do you think on some level the fact that the defense is good impacts trev's thoughts like probably makes him feel better like he's there's no he said there's no, no Frost wanted, doesn't have a job if the defense is, like i wonder if everything say everything's flipped like the, it's a deep, like i wonder if trev like he's such a defensive guy that he's just like but this is a this is what matters in football, and this is what I guess was my point earlier about Riley. Like, football is about toughness and like um, attitude, physicality, culture, yeah. and those things usually show themselves on defense, first. right? Um, and that's why I think a lot of Husker fans want us to be like a power running team because that's where you see right. it on an offense. Uh, but you get fired if your team gets blown out. You get to change your staff if you're not scoring enough points. There you go. And I think that's always been the difference to me is like, you know, Solis got went nine and three, but Kansas State scored too many points. That's it. That's it. Fired. You know, so Colorado I scored too many points the year before. Uh, same with Pelini. He was getting blown out by Wisconsin. So he wins nine games and they fire him. I want to try to get this. Riley. Point. No, you're, it's a good point because. It, it's it's a lot more when the defense is good because you, that's such a good point of a thought. Like there is just like when your defense is good, that's usually a direct line of what football is usually about. And, and yeah, and fans feel more pride when you're a tough team, right? If you're tough and you play defense, like you, there's like a like at least you feel like you have self respect. Or something. and I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to find like the, here's Trev's quote uh, along those lines. Trev said this. This was before the Michigan game. Yeah. He said, to me, fundamentals can be taught. The hardest thing about flipping a culture is getting guys to be willing to lay it out on the line when you don't, really don't want to. We have that. Even in those games we lost, those guys are fighting, and that is the most important thing. You have to start with the fight. We're not intimidated or scared, and then we're taking incremental steps in those key areas like special teams, penalties, and turnovers. You're always going to have mistakes. It's a part of the game, but it can't define who you are. I think that so Trev's whole thing is like it starts with the fight. It starts with the fight. I ask you if you could somehow take the 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 spirit of this team and bottle it up and somehow take the spirit of the 2017 and bottle it up and put them in like a cockfight. Yeah. <laughs> Who would win? Well, it's not even close. I mean, and that that is it. It was an, it was immediately noticeable as soon as 
the first game, I remember it was the Colorado game, 2018. Oh, right? Our yeah. defense, we go, doesn't look – didn't even look close to how much more physical and sound they were compared to Riley's, like, just, like, bleed-through defense where it was just, like – it was just, like – it was embarrassing. And the good thing is that, that that's not the standard that, you know, it's just like, you just got to be better than Riley. No. I mean, I think it's clear – you know, you look at some of the defensive stats, it's the, the fight is there. Yeah. Like the fight, the physicality, those things are there. But I, I just, I wondered that. I didn't think about you applied it in a different way. I made silly analogies like, you know, when you're on The Voice and Pharrell, he probably only cares about the production because that's what he knows yeah. rather than like, I think Trev, when you're a defensive guy, you're going to, you're going to view that stuff first. Yeah. But I didn't think about the fact for football and its long-term sustainability. Fans, it, fans will accept totally. will accept a team losing if the defense is good and you are competitive and tough. Agree. Anything we're missing? I think we went deep. Yeah, oh yeah, that whole uh, Ohio State game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, real quick on that. I mean, I thought it was the right move at the time to kick the field goal, twenty-three seventeen. I thought it was. I mean, I, your defense I, had played I great. The points. Yeah, there were you, there was. I could, if there were, say, instead of, I want to say there was like 940 something left or 951 left in the fourth quarter. If it was five minutes left or like maybe that, they were, they were down 23 to, they were down six. Yeah. So down six, you got plenty of time. Your defense had been playing great. You take your three. I mean, I just don't know how you don't take the three. Like fourth and four. It's not fourth and one. It's fourth and four. Fourth and four against Ohio State. That's a long four. Right, and I get it. You can say, well, look at your field goal kicker situation. I don't know. I I mean, to me, all like, fair, but you kicked, you know, I think he, at least he's, he was consistent. Like, he was kicking field goals that day. The damn guy missed two. Yeah. Any Was there any other big takeaway from that game? I mean, the defense played great. We're in, we're in Wayne's basement. This is so, look at us. I'm, we're looking at the camera. Not. I mean, we look terrible, don't we? Well, we got the blue light. We got the blue light going here, but this isn't very good. I mean, we'll make it work, I guess. Is this forever? I hope not. <laughs> well, we can just we just spruce up this stuff, put our put our, yeah, like, our Jay Z and our Kevin Costner stuff going here a little bit. Okay, well, there you go. Um It's been an emotional week here. Trev Albert. To Trev keeping it real. A Huda Media Production.